Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 50 the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG. 50 episodes. My buddies put the over-under on six, I think, that we would get to. So we're killing it, you guys. In their face. In their face. All right, so we got week 10 of the college football season in the books. Last week, we updated our college football playoff predictions. So this week, we thought it would be fun to kick things off by having each of us give our Heisman prediction for this year. So still got a lot of season left, but Casey, as of week 10, who are you going with? So, of course, typical to me, right, opening the show up with these questions, I I have caveats. I've been fighting three fights during my career as a fan of college football, and one is preseason polls. I know that's not the question. I hate them like Joy (laughs) hates Jimbo Fisher. Second is transitive property users, those that say that because Team A beat Team B and Team B beat Team C, then Team A will automatically beat Team C. Right, Notre Dame fans? All right, sorry. And third and most importantly is giving the best player in college football the award that's named to, quote, the best player in college football. What a novel concept, really. This year, in my humble opinion, yet correct opinion, the best player in college football is Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. He won't win the Heisman. He may not even make it to New York, but from what I've seen, he's clearly the best player in the sport. Notre Dame fans will tell me they shut him down, and statistically they're not wrong. However, his quarterback is not good and therefore stunts some of what Harrison has done this year, and yet his stats are still an eye-popping. 52 catches, 914 yards, 10 touchdowns with who's throwing passes to him. I hate Ohio State with the white-hot intensity of a 1,000 suns and hope they lose every week, but Marvin Harrison deserves the Heisman this season. I don't disagree with you, man, but he, I think he would have had four catches this week for like uh, – But it's all the, his catches are big catches. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm just saying, Casey. I'm just <laughs> saying. defensive over here, MBG. I think he's the best player too, but, uh, man, that Rutgers game, four catches, whether it's his fault or not, that's uh, – Tough to overcome. If he, had, if he had Justin Fields throwing to him, I mean, oh, yeah. this, this dude would be ridiculous. Yeah, agreed. He, he's not quite putting up Malik Washington numbers, Casey, but, you know, he's he's close. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. Yeah. Who's Malik Washington? <laughs> I'll give you a guess. All right, Joy, who are you going with? I think my answer is going to be pretty obvious to literally anyone that listens to this, but – Jalen Milrow? Milrow? (laughs) Like, are you really already going to start with me? Oh, well, you said it was obvious. This is not going to be a good podcast week. I (laughs) feel it in my bones. Just give me. I don't even want to answer the freaking question. No, no, Joy, I'm sorry. Go back. I was teasing. I think Jaden Daniels is one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country. I think his stats prove that. I think what he's done on the field proves that. You can call Saturday night a beatdown if you want to, but the reality of it is that he went toe-to-toe with Alabama until he got the living tar knocked out of him. And 
I'm not going to get into the argument of whether or not it was targeting because it doesn't matter. That's not what cost us the game. Our defense wholeheartedly cost us the game. And I have been saying it all year long that our defensive coordinator should walk over to Jane Daniels and apologize to him personally because, unfortunately, I agree with Casey that it does matter what team you're on. And they're never going to give it to Jane Daniels, even if he was heads and tails above everyone else in the country because he's not on a winning, if you want to even say that, because they still have a winning record, but on a winning team. But I think it's absolutely ignorant for anyone to think he wasn't in the conversation going into Saturday. And if he would have figured out a way to win that game, he would be the front runner. It just is what it is. I think so. if he won that game, he was winning it. You might yeah, as well just not even vote it anymore. Yeah, and he was unstoppable at times. I mean, in that game Saturday. Yeah, he was good. LSU reminds me of USC. They seem like they're the exact same team. <laughs> Which, like, when, like, over the last decade, how many times would you have said that? Like, mm -hmm. a school that is predominantly known for their defense has completely lost their identity as a defensive powerhouse. And that angers me to no end. But well, I'm sure we'll talk about that game later. So let's just. Yeah, it might come um, up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe organically at some point it may come right. up. Maybe when MBG just decides he wants to be a jerk again. It won't take long. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MBG, are you off the Quinn train? Well, I think I have to be. He's injured, missed two games now, maybe more. So I'll have to jump back on the Michael Penix train or jump on that train. He's been outstanding. <laughs> hey, Casey. <laughs> Casey, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> My fault. Yeah. It's like Casey and I both looked like, sir, you were never on that train. Like, don't try to. Don't uh, that's try not to what Casey, that's not what Casey's look was. My train was more of the Chris Hansen <laughs> pick a seat train. That's that's Casey. That's Penix with an X. And he's fantastic. I hadn't watched Washington play a lot, but that USC game Saturday, he made a couple plays that were phenomenal. So I think he's the front runner right now. Um, but I who's I kind of think I know who you're going to say, and I think those two are going to battle it out. I think for the Heisman front runner, I'm going to pick Michael Penix. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Bo Nix just because I don't know if it's a meme, but the thing that's gone around on Twitter for the last two years where people write, "This is the year Bo Nix has improved so much <laughs> offense. He's focused. He's having fun." I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. I mean, I think he is a dark horse for the Heisman. I haven't figured out how Oregon makes it to the playoff. I mean, something needs to happen. Uh, they've got, I mean, number one, they have to beat Washington. But then I don't see where L or FSU loses. And I don't know about Ohio State. I mean, maybe they sneak in over them. But I think if Oregon makes it to the playoff, I think I think he's got a real shot. And I think, it, I mean, the reason I'm picking him is I think the fallout, people will freak out if he wins the Heisman, especially Auburn fans. So I'm rooting for it just for a number of different reasons. Yeah, I mean, I would think the winner of that game when they play, in the, assuming that they both, Washington and Oregon, both went out, the winner of that game or the winner of the Pac-12 championship game will be in the driver's seat for the Heisman, I think. Yeah, it's weird, two. right? Because usually the very top teams are all kind of recently at least quarterback-driven, and it's a quarterback award these days. But, you know, I don't see Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia quarterbacks being in the mix for it. So it just the field is a little – Feels a little different than it has the last couple of years. Well, maybe I, outside of McCarthy may have a snowball's chance in hell to to win. Yeah, use that. I use that <sighs> incorrectly, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know if Michigan's gonna gonna get any favors yeah. from here on out. Um, That's a great point. So we're, we're, I don't know. We're just teasing all kinds of stuff early on today. <laughs> <laughs> we are, but yeah, he's gonna have to be. Yeah, I don't see him getting any favors from any no. uh, Heisman voters, um, whether it's his fault or not. I don't think he's gonna get the benefit of any doubts. And I feel like it's more up in the air this late in the year than it normally is, right? I feel like there's usually a few kind of clear-cut guys right up near the top. And right now, I mean, it could be any number of a handful of people right now. Yep, whoever December, plays the best down the stretch here, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. December in New York is going to be interesting to see who even gets invited. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you all, though. I'm really freaking happy it's not Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to say it's not going to yeah, be. Yeah, he's not going back to that. No, no. he won't be in New York. All right, so next up we have our mailbag question. Uh, this week's question comes to us from message board legend, friend of the podcast, Twitter user at FastChad1, who asks, you need to win money to cover bail later in the night after your team wins a big game. What bar game are you playing and which MBG podcaster are you choosing as a partner? Available games are pool, foosball, shuffleboard, and darts. I like it's a multi-part question. I like these. So, Casey, what are you going with? Seriously, terrible question, Fast Chat. Okay, <laughs> actually, I'm sure Fast Chat actually knows this from his from his time at the now defunct Keith Street Pub and Grill in Clemson, South Carolina. But I was known around those parts as a darts legend. By legend, I mean I would drink copious amounts of Pete's Wicked Winter Ale and play darts with my friends. Sometimes winning, most of the time not winning. But if I need bail, adrenaline will kick in. I uh, need to say that again because I can't read my own. <laughs> but if I need bail, <laughs> but if I need bail adrenaline, well, I can't even say it twice. That's twice. <laughs> you leave all this in, by the way. <laughs> comma. But, I, but if I need, I need to put a comma in here. Karma <laughs> and comma. But if I need bail, adrenaline will kick in because my boy needs bail money. And if, if this was a visual medium, my partner would be a no-brainer to most. Now, some would think I would go with my pirate friend, who's, but au contraire, mon frere, I'm going with the Diet Coke Swiggin' MVG. He could help me with my vision stuff because he swore off Pete's Wicked Winter a long time ago. Me and MVG would not only get bail money, but we probably own Keith Street Pub and Grill by the end of the night. <laughs> Without question, Casey. <laughs> I like that you're holding up one finger while he's saying he's going to pick you. <laughs> All right, Joy, what's your game and partner of choice? Well, ironically enough, I was already going to pick Casey for darts before I found out about his insane ability to play. I just know with the way that he aims insults at Shane Beamer with direct <laughs> precision ease, and just pure talent, um, I knew that he would also be able to translate that into a dartboard. And so I was going to pick Casey from the get-go. And now I've just, now I've heard about how good he is and I would be moronic not to. So I'm running with Casey and darts all day I long. I got you, Joy. I got you, bro. I know you do. I, I have faith in you. All right, MVG. Well, Casey, I wish you would have told me about your legendary dart um, history. It was, would have been a no-brainer for me. But I was going to pick darts. I don't know why everybody's picking darts, but I was going to pick darts, but my Who's I was worried a little bit about your death perception. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, and then I thought, well, with joy, I just put a picture of Jimbo there, the bullseye. And 
it should be easy pickings all night long. So I'd have to go joy with the Jimbo Fisher dartboard. Wow, I'm honored. You just move them around the board if you're playing mm -hmm. cricket, right? You know, you need the six, yeah. triple 16s, just put. Wherever he needs to be. I love so, it. I can't go with darts because we got three of those. I will tell you the last time I played pool for money is when I was a teacher. And this is all true and probably only amusing to me. But playing with another basketball coach and I were playing pool at a bar called the Hound Dog that was run by an Elvis impersonator. And we were playing against the owner and this other guy. And the last competitive pool shot I took for money I was so hammered that I whiffed trying to break and <laughs> fell under the pool table and then basically got carried out. So thinking pool's not shouldn't be on my list either. Um, I'm, going, I'm going off the board. I'm going with beer pong. I know that's not a bar game, but I think that's the one I've had the most experience with. And I would say, I mean, MBG, because, you know, he would have better aim, I think. But also <laughs> that would mean I'm drinking all the beer. So that I don't know how well that would work out. So I think I'm going with Joy. She's got the more recent beer pong history than Casey, probably. Although it's a Casey does game. Casey's got the reach, so you might be able to just reach over and drop it in. But yeah, either way, I'm I'm going with beer pong. If you would have told me that two out of the three of you would have picked me as your partner today, I would not have believed you. So I am honored. Joy, we're just better than yet because you're going to get hammered later on. I think <laughs> in the show. That's true. <laughs> For shadowing. I'm, I'm like kind of prepared, but also just like probably going to be quiet 98% of this episode. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, my nominee, Pat Narduzzi. I was surprised by this one. One with 41% of the vote followed by Casey's nominee, Coach Prime, with 31%. MBG's nominees, the Dime Thieves, came in with 15%. MBG. I know. That's a, that's that's nice. a solid showing right there. That's a nice and, number. And uh, Joy's nominee, Matt Weiss, was uh, close fourth with 13%. So now I'm in the lead with 15 wins. Joy and Casey have nine each. Courtney has one. MBG is on zero. MBG, you're now 0-34. I had to give you a, a very basic reference this week because it's a significant one for kind of what we do as a podcast. For reference, you've now matched the Northwestern Wildcats who own the longest losing streak in whatever you call it, Division I FBS history, losing 34 straight games between 1979 and 1982. Once again, you're in fine company. I actually remember that losing streak when I was a kid. Like that was in the national consciousness. So that's another milestone, another feather in your cap, MBG. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Casey. This is another tough week, I thought. Who are you going with this week? It was a tough week, but, man, once I pile on, I don't stop. So this week, my genius of the week is Notre Dame offensive coordinator Gerard Parker. During the first half of the Clemson-Notre Dame game this past week, in a game in which Clemson won, in case you didn't watch it, MBG, Parker used all-world running back Audrick Estimate to absolutely gash a very good Clemson up front. During the first drive, Estimate had runs of 23 and 25 yards, and all of a sudden, Parker inexplicably basically took Estime out. The drive stalled in plus territory. Notre Dame settled for a field goal. And after halftime, Estime ran the ball for – now, this is unofficial as I looked at the drive stat pretty quickly while searching for that Cinderella. But three yards – or three rushes and five yards. He did catch a pass for five yards as well. 
Clemson was up two touchdowns for most of the afternoon. So maybe that's why they went more to the pass heavy, but it was pretty obvious to all of us novice X's and O's types that Notre Dame needed to use estimate more. It was working a lot of the times in all aspects of the offense. Clemson won, by the way, just again, in case someone didn't hear me at the beginning, and not for and for not using the best player without really any reason at all. Notre Dame offensive coordinator Gerard Parker is my genius of the week. A good one. Yeah, that was mystifying the way uh, I didn't really understand. They're killing the him now. too on the message boards. They are killing yeah. this poor guy. All right, Joy, who do you have this week? You know, I kind of mentioned this earlier that I really am just so thoroughly impressed with Casey's ability to throw eloquent daggers at Shane Beamer. And so I just feel like it's my turn. So Shane Beamer is my genius of the week. Um, In his postgame press conference, he basically told the South Carolina fan base that they needed to be thrilled and filled with joy and that everyone in their locker room was dancing after they beat Jacksonville State. 38 to 28. This is the same fan base um, that has taken losses to Texas A&M, who we all know is hot garbage, Missouri, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina. I, I could keep going if I really wanted to. But all of that to say for you to sit there in your postgame press conference and tell South Carolina fans that they need to be happy because you beat someone that's in the Ohio Valley Conference when you sit in the Southeastern Conference is insanely ignorant and completely moronic. And so for that, Shane Beamer is my genius of the week. Shane's taking That's Rich Rodriguez. Oh, is that right? Sorry. Rich Rod used to do. He's there. He's at the he's yeah. coach of the oh, Jacksonville he's the coach there. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Beamer's he's must be getting it from his fan base because he's I think he's made genius of the week three times in the last like five weeks. So and things don't seem to be going that well. That's not even the worst thing that he did this week. That's just the th- the most recent. Right. All right, MBG, is this the week? It certainly should be. <laughs> I like how you slightly change your answer to that question every week, by the way. It's one of my favorite bits. Yes. <laughs> I don't Wait, see how... Wait, <laughs> well, Parts, how's that? It's better. Better descriptor. <laughs> I mean, I really don't see how I don't win this week. I mean, we were talking about darts already. You guys know that the World Darts Championship is coming up, right? In December. Casey, you should know that. With as much darts as you play, you should know that. That's a true story. Yeah, I think it's happening in, like, Harrisonburg, Virginia. No, Casey, gosh. (laughs) Freaking Casey. It's in England. Casey, it's in December in England, and there is this young up-and-comer in the darts game. His name is Owen Bates. And he's my genius of the week this week. And here's a little something about Owen Bates for you guys who aren't real familiar with with the dark game like I am. Said the Devon-born Chucker has been making a name for himself in the darting world and finished second on the Challenge Tour Order of Merit, earning himself a place in the big dance this December. Before that, the 20-year-old currently ranked 120th in the PDC Order of Merit. Might have he, but he might have to change his nickname. You see, while others have the nicknames like Gerwin the Iceman Price and Peter Snakebite Wright, Owen is known as Owen the Master Bates. On Twitter, Owen asked for suggestions for a new nickname after his darts manufacturing sponsor, Loxley Darts, called him too hot for TV. 
advertising his darts, the company wrote, the dartist, formerly known as Master Bates, uh, grab the uncensored darts while you still can. Owen himself confirmed that the nickname change, confirmed himself the nickname change, posting any suggestions on a new nickname. Also, get my darts before it's too late. These will be the last ever the master darts ever made. So for selling out and changing his nickname, Owen Bates, the master, is my <laughs> genius of the week. Michael Penix, and now this. Right. <laughs> There's a theme. I want to see MBG's search history sometime, just when he searches for genius of the week. I don't have to search. I just I just read these stories in my everyday <laughs> these are just my everyday research. About. It comes up, and I just. It... All right, so for my genius of the week, I'm going with the uh, Texas Southern tuba heckler. I don't know if you all saw this. <laughs> video but uh on twitter but during the texas southern jackson state game on saturday some fan decided to step to one of the tuba players in the texas southern band and start screaming in his face like a lunatic the tuba player quickly delivered a four-piece combo meal and then immediately went back <laughs> to playing the tuba without missing a beat like four jabs to the face and then immediately bobbing right before the punch and right after the last punch like literally did not miss a beat and if you slow it down, I don't think his mouth even came off the mouthpiece of the tuba during the entire incident. It was just brilliant. My favorite comment in reading, because <laughs> it was posted all over the place. Somebody just posted, I'm a band person, never f with the tuba guys, which I thought was, <laughs> was hilarious. So for acting like a moron and getting knocked the F out by a guy playing a tuba, the Texas Southern tuba heckler is my genius of the week. You don't live that down, though, do you? I mean, that's all over. You can see the guy's face. I mean, he doesn't even stop playing the tuba. No, he, he never. He, he kept on beat like while he was punching. It was like one, two, three, four. Then went right back to it. It was awesome. <laughs> that was great. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week 10 preview dropped last week with some classic Sickos content, including Halloween costumes, Pennsylvania town names, the casinos of Reno, and their attempt to come up with a new name for the South Carolina-Jacksonville State game. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander You podcast. In their most recent show, they discussed the Week 9 slate, along with Dabo's Crusade, whether Auburn is a passing school, why Steve Smith should be left alone, and much more. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest for you this week. This week's guest is our first ever repeat guest. He works for Saturday Down South. He's the co-host of Saturday Football Uncensored, one of my favorite college football podcasts. He also holds the unofficial record for most F-bombs dropped on the MBG podcast. Welcome back to the show, Chris Marler. How you doing, buddy? How many was it? I, it I don't know, but I... <laughs> to, be, to be fair, two would beat the record, I think. I will do I'll do better. All I remember was it was like very broken up and I was blaming Casey for it the whole time, but it was my internet <laughs> connection for sure. Like for sure, for sure. 
we I think I did I, was, I did a bunch of stuff that week, and I was like, oh, I, apparently this was not a this is a me thing, not a not a Casey thing. But it's good to be back and and, and talk to almost all of you. So. Glad to be <laughs> Oh, All right, man. So just like last time, we thought we'd go around the horn, have each of us ask you a question, and just let you cook. Does that work? Yeah, that sounds right, great. That sounds great. Welcome okay, back, well. Chris. It's it's great to have you again. I have to tell you, as our first ever guest and our first ever two time guest, we had no idea what we were doing the first time you were here. Yeah, we, that was not very marginally know what we're doing right now but something was born out of your visit and i, I have become the long-winded question asker for each of our successive guests so thank you for that glad uh, you're starting then i'm already yeah so go ahead <laughs> <laughs> who's joy and mbg you can thank marler for the this mess that is the first question okay here we go uh you've been on a roll recently on your show saturday football uncensored oh, with saturday's down south picking winners i think you picked georgia would lose to florida and Bama would lose to LSU. Oh, okay. <laughs> but hold on, hold on. It was not the log. There's a caveat. The beautiful part is you, you've owned it. You've yes. owned it every single yeah. time. With that being said, my question is, what's your favorite Nickelback song? And can you sing for our listeners that may not have been smart enough to listen to your show as well? Oh, man. And my second part is, can you introduce There's me to more? Tyler Huck? Yeah, can you introduce me to Tyler Huck? He seems like a good kind. Well, let me start with the first paragraph of your <laughs> novel of a question. Good to see you again. I, I love how the first I saw this in the, the, the pre-show notes and I stopped reading as soon as I saw. Yeah, you didn't it. read it. You didn't. read uh, it. No, not at all. The first two were like, oh, uh, tell us about why you were wrong about this. What, what are you like? A ex or something? I'm not going to tell you why I was wrong. <laughs> What are you talking like? Listen, I, I, I love, I, I love how you said you've been on a roll, and I was like, oh, thank you. yeah, I, I'm like just patting myself on the back over here. I will also say I'm, I'm 88 and 43 in picks, oh. uh, mainly yeah. against the spread this year. So I don't know how PG of a show this is, but you can blank my blank. <laughs> um, everyone at Disney that you're surrounded by heard it too. Um, so it's <laughs> like uh, favorite Nickelback song. I don't really have any. De- I've seen Nickelback live. Let me, how about this? Instead of telling you my favorite Nickelback song, let me tell you my favorite Nickelback story, which would insinuate. Why do you just get to change the question? Like he asked you a question. <laughs> oh, Joy, like, Joy, it's, Mar- it's Marla. You will, you will speak when you I- shut the you know what up right now. I have a beep button. You guys can just say it. It's yeah. fine. Okay, cool. Joy, you, Marla. Yeah. Oh, I'll get you in a minute. Um, that's, her, that's her first F-bomb yeah. of 50 episodes, by the way. So that was well yeah. done. <laughs> I'll tell Dallas Taylor where you live. Great. He'd come murder me. It would be better than talking to you for the next no, hour. It won't be flagged either. That's the best part. Oh, my dog just tried to jump on the bed and fell back on her back. Come here, pal. Um, okay, so in 2017, I got the bright idea. I had a buddy of mine named Triple Reese. He actually played football at Clemson, Casey. Um, no, know that quarterback very well. Wasn't asking if you did, but I'll just keep going. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I had uh, him and I were good buddies. We lived in Atlanta, and he had this thing on on Instagram that became pretty big, where he would do like these like lip sync things on the airplanes. And so then it became this whole take like it kind of well, like no pun intended, but it took off. Um, so Chris Daughtry and Nickelback were going to be in concert like together. Just, I mean, just a sea of tetanus and genius <laughs> in the crowd. 
and I was like, let's do it. Let's go. So we, we went and had like a boys dinner at, at Chili's beforehand. There's like 11 of us. And I made us all matching tank tops that said, it was a picture of Daughtry and Chad Kroger and it said, look at this brodograph. And it was just those two. And, and we all, we all went and, and like, I think like Chris Daughtry commented on it, like on Instagram after he's like, this was awesome, dude. I saw it. We're like, shut up. And then I remember, I remember one of my buddies gave me an edible and all I remember was like trying to go home and I was, I was like, I need to get some food to soak up this edible, which is not how edibles work. And I was just driving around in this McDonald's parking lot, which I thought was like for a couple minutes. I was there for 30 minutes trying to get through the drive-thru and had no concept of it. So that's my favorite Nickelback story. What was the other three parts of your question? It doesn't matter. Joy? Well, we need to really just next time you're on, we're, we, I'm going to ask you a question about Triple Reese and his uh, 50 most eligible, eligible bachelor thing back in Cosmo. It wasn't Cosmo, it was Jezebel. Whatever. Yeah, I was a semifinalist for that back when I wasn't that. So it was nice. Uh, hold on. I'll tell you this real quick on, on that. Like going through that process, when they, when they put you through it, you have to get nominated. So somebody had nominated me to go through this. And I remember go like, sitting down and I was like, everyone in this room is light years more successful and more attractive than me. The only reason I was nominated is because I used to dress up like Clark Kent for a children's hospital in Atlanta. And, and like, that was it. Everyone else was like, oh yeah, I'm a brain surgeon and I donate 90% of my earnings to Africa or like what the f*** ever. And I just remember at one point I was trying to figure out where to go and I, I, I like tapped this guy on the shoulder and he turned around and his eyes were so blue that I audibly gasped. Like, <laughs> and then that's what I know. Was anyway, Joy, you were asking about offensive line play. <laughs> Joy, what's your, what's your question for Marler? I don't think I have one. Um, I, I legit want to know why you thought yeah. Florida was going to beat Georgia. Like that. I mean, I am legitimately asking you. I, okay. I like, legit want to know. That's a good question. So I think that, like, what, I mean, did his helmet hit the, his chin? Yeah, but and did he drive him to the ground? Probably, but I don't know. If <laughs> because here's the thing. It was already called for unsportsmanlike conduct, and they got 15 yards. So what I don't understand out of the question is, like, why are Miller, Alistair is your so head so far up your ass that it you got, can't hear? It got 15 yards. Get I guess my main question is, what did you think was going to happen if they gave the target penalty? Was Jaden Daniels going to just come back on the field and lead your team to a victory after being down by 14? The defense had given up six touchdowns. you follow me on Twitter. I said it wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You're working. You're an I think that the reason why LSU fans are so mad when you really think about it, is it because of the targeting? I'm not mad at anyone but you. It's because of the fact that, like, I think they know deep down that oh they gosh. are a two-point conversion and a Joe hey, Burrow so away from being 0-13 in their last 13 mute. games against Alabama. We just mute. <laughs> we just Casey will turn up the volume on that part so we can hear it. Yeah. Okay, so why did I pick, why did I pick Florida? I swear to God, I started. I don't even care anymore. I just don't care. I, so I, I genuinely, and who knows this, I pride myself by trying to be as objective as possible. I really do. I really do. But, like, I don't like Georgia fans. I don't. Like, as a whole, they're pretty awful to me. And, like, a lot of that's deserved. And I brought up my own, as you just saw with Joy, who's 
drinking Sprite on a Tuesday or a Monday. Like, are you sick or what is happening? What, what metabolism are you working with right now to be drinking Sprite at 1030 at night? She's in it, and that's what I have to do to deal with your ass. <laughs> oh, dad. So anyway, I think uh, well, I started the sentence and I said, there's nothing about Florida that makes me think they can win this game. And then it was like a Michael Scott situation where it was like, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. And by the end of it, I was like, I had talked myself into like Florida upset of the century, 28, 27. And it was easily the worst pick I've ever made. Like, I think one time I said, Jared Garantano had the potential to be the, a top three quarterback in the SEC. <laughs> and outside of that, it's the worst thing I've ever said about sports easily. Well, what's crazy is your, your picks have been ridiculous this year. Overall. Yeah. Casey, you listening? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they oh, you've did. won me money. You've won me money, but how? What? How, like, that's not a good, good concept, you know? Content. Yeah, it's like just give somebody credit for when they do things that are good. I hate that too. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a restaurant manager, kid. <laughs> All right, so Marler, my question was: saw a lot of people complaining about Nate Bargatze being the guest picker on game day before LSU. Alabama. I think those people are idiots. You and I both yeah. are fans of his. I think he's a great comedian. But it got me wondering who would be your ideal guest picker the next time game day is in Tuscaloosa. All right. Well, keeping with the theme of every answer that I've given so far, let me start by saying something off base has nothing to do with your question. Every Alabama person from the state, every person from the state of Alabama that decides to weigh in on what they think is good comedy, fuck off. Like just <laughs> abs- like you live in a. St- if you want to tell me about what it doesn't feel like below your ankles because of your diet, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. <laughs> you want to tell me about all the books you haven't read? Would love to hear it. Would love to hear it. Don't give a single shit about what you think about stand-up comedy because that entire state, the biggest joke in that entire state is social progress. So I don't want to hear anything about like. What? Oh, I don't think Neighbor Gates is funny. Like the fact that you don't, you didn't know who somebody that has like four to six Netflix specials and just hosted SNL. That's not good enough. You like, I, I just name, yeah, a, wow. name a guest picker that's been great at Bama anyway. I, don't, I mean, I don't, just, I don't think they've done Justin Thomas yet. I think that would be kind of funny because he's really funny. I don't think Brandon Miller would be a good idea. I think that would probably <laughs> Nate Oates probably the same way. Like. You know, as Joey can attest, like most people that are associated with, the, with Alabama aren't that likable. Like, so I don't know. Like, they keep wheeling out Joe Namath, and his pants get higher and higher oh, every single time he's on on camera. Like, I don't. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. They honestly, I wish they would. Somebody made a joke about it, and it was like, "We heard you loud and clear game day." It was Vinny, Tommy Vinny, and he made a, a fake poster with me on it, saying that I was going to be the guest picker. So and awesome. even then, and I'm likable as shit, right, Joy? Even <laughs> then, I will literally kill myself if this happens. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> wow, reaction. Well, it was crazy how many people I saw saying on Twitter, oh, I don't have any idea who this guy is. He's like one of the five biggest comedians in the U.S. Right in the now, world. As far as- right. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the best comedian in the world right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not and saying he is. But arguably, you can make that case. He's the be- definitely the best clean comedian. I mean, he's the yeah. safest guy you can have on that show, right? Yeah. All right, MBG, what do you have for Marler? Well, last time, I always ask people about their experiences on message boards. We covered that last time. You told yeah. us how you, you got uh, evicted from uh, Bama Online, Bama Online. Which, which was a great story. So I don't want to revisit that again. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you deal with SEC fans all the time, mm. as, as do I. 
I've got my own list, but I'm curious as to yours. Give me your top three most unreasonable SEC fan bases. Unreasonable? Is that you want me to include Bama? Well, I mean, if you think they're in the top three most oh, yeah. unreasonable, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't put so. Bama there. I don't, I would. I, so unreasonable, I would say, because everyone's got their dumb fans, but like, it's Georgia, Tennessee, and Bama, and you could, it's a revolving door. Like, I'll put it this way if you did a game, if you did a game show of, of like, who's the biggest, it was like, instead of Mary Kill, it was just kill, kill, kill. Okay. It was, it, there it is, Joy. Um, you want to marry me? Is that what you're saying? That's crazy. Yeah. Kill, That's kill, 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 kill. Um, so Shane Beamer, Davos, Davos Swinney, and uh, Jimbo Fisher, like they're the, the team versions of that. Those three, it's Bama, Tennessee, and Georgia. And Georgia is like Georgia. It's hard to reason with, but I will say that I have a lot of people that that are Georgia fans that do like me now because, like, I, I do give them credit because they're the best program in the country. And maybe I'm wrong again, Casey. But like I think they beat Bama by ten points, probably at least. I don't want to get mostly. I'm still on a high, and I don't want to. I'm still circling the McDonald's, like just metaphorically speaking. <laughs> so, um, I think Tennessee fans are the worst people. Like they, they are genuinely bad people, and and they and the weird thing about Tennessee fans is they wear it like a badge of honor. Like Bama fans are unreasonable, they're unlikable, and they're awful because they're usually pretty low educated, and then on top of that. They want to tell you how great they are, no matter what. And like most of Bama fans' opinions, like, listen, Courtney McKinney, she's about to catch a stray. I love her to death. One of my actual best friends in the world. Haven't heard her make a correct opinion since, I don't know, like the Obama administration. Like, she, everything she says about Bama football, I'm like, what are you possibly saying? Like, they, every, they, they hated when, when, when uh, Bill O'Brien was here. They hated when Pete Golding was here. I think statistically speaking, the offense was way better than it is right now it, you know it's just, they complain about everything they think they know everything and it's it just in general it's a tough tough fan base georgia fans have this chip on their shoulder no matter what like they've won two national championships back to back they they desperately desperately like they're they're like they're like a girl with like I don't know. I don't want to say it's daddy issues, but it's like multiple daddy issues. Just begging <laughs> to be disrespected. Just begging for it. And it blows my mind because they like you could say I, I, I did this on Saturday. I put on I put on uh, what do you call it? Like I was like, here's my takeaways from the game. And it was like all these positive things. Don't let anyone take this this win away from you. You beat the number 12 team in the country. You did it without your best player, blah, blah, blah. They got some help from the refs, but it's not why they, they won the game. I can't tell you how many people are in my mentions like this mother. Talking about how they we got help from the refs, and it was like I said so many nice things about you, and and then it was like oh, but I don't like the refs. I read that post; it was crazy. Like the whole, it was all complimentary. All like going going out of your way to be complimentary, and they were all over that one statement. That you're right, because like, I think you even said to like several of them. Out of all those things I said, that was your one takeaway. <laughs> of course. And it was right in the middle. It was right in the yeah. middle. It wasn't like it was the last thing they read the first thing. It was right in the middle. Um, and then the Tennessee fans, like I said, man, like, I'll just never forget last year saying, and, and Casey probably wasn't around for this because he's uh, um, just only likes to be negative about most of my picks, apparently. But um, I nailed. I nailed the Georgia-Bama or Georgia-Tennessee prediction, like, to a point where this video went viral of, of me saying exactly what George was going to do. It's, and every, it's everything that happened. And I had over a thousand messages from Tennessee. There's a thousand like comments, 
DMs, like quote tweets, whatever you want to say. They, they were coming after my mom, who's a pastor. She had to get off Twitter for like like a week. All she does is post stuff like, hey, y'all, this is Pep Talks with Patty Sue, like the nicest person in the world. <laughs> they were calling her like every name under the sun. They were saying like all this horrible about me and like, you know, my broken engagement and like, these are why she took the dogs. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is not why she took the dogs. <laughs> it's they're, um, they're wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my answer, I guess. I like Tennessee the, is the least surprising one out of those three to me. Not a big on what is experience. going on with the, the hydration from this squad right now? Hey, we've been going all night. <laughs> Waiting for you. What do you got, an angry orchard? Yeah, yeah. I dropped the Jolly Rancher in it, too. <laughs> all right so let's move on to the message board posts yes. i feel like i feel like i'm uh what's that referee's name like mills lane right before yeah. a fight i want <laughs> i want what i want is a good, good clean, clean fight out of the two of you here okay oh just nothing for joy the belt yeah nothing below the belt let's no, be a clean, chin. Okay? all right because <laughs> you know we typically start this segment out with who had the best meltdown of the week, uh -huh. um, which, which fan base. And I think this week, hands down, it was our friends from LSU. So what I did was I dug up Joy's uh, message board post history from, yes. from the, from the game um, to see what she was saying as the yeah. game went on. I like that. So I'm just going to read through a few of them and kind of develop a, they kind of develop as the game goes. So before the game even started, there was a post that said they should play bat. They should play the Bama game at a neutral site, like what Florida and Georgia does. Every other year, it's the same thing. Home cooking refs. They used to play. They used to play in mobile bat mobile back in the '60s. So they're already worried that they're going to get screwed by the refs. So mm -hmm. uh, they should play neutral site. So right. we get we get to game day. They're tied at seven in the first quarter. You get posts from LSU they scored fans. first. Right. And these posts, I think, came up when it was 7-7. It says, well, it was fun while it lasted. Used, huge talent mismatch. That looked extremely easy. This game is over already. Zero pressure. It was a good try. Talking about why isn't uh, Brian Kelly uh, firing uh, his defensive coordinator. So it gets worse. They get down 14-7. We're going to lose, pack it in, balls, ball game, defense still wins games. Uh, and then they start complaining about the refs already. The SEC will have its officials keep LSU out of the championship. So they're already looking at a conspiracy theory. No Love holding it. calls on Bama. It'll be full contact allowed on our receivers. Wait, what was, and, the, what was the obese part? Well, I haven't got there. I'm about to get there. Yeah, my bad, my bad. The, the producer's struggling right now. Casey's <laughs> yeah. quick on the draw. Grill and can't pay attention because you got an $84 hot dog. <laughs> so they started in on the ref saying, oh, I hope this obese ref dies of a heart attack. And then they started in on the defense saying, too, too bad this defense couldn't tackle Christopher Reeve. Oof. Uh, no S, huh? Just the one? Just, just the one Christopher Reeve? Reeve. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then they then they resort to at 76. <laughs> then they resort to the old faithful college football is rigged. I'm surprised uh, most of you are still ignorant to this fact. Mm -hmm. Too much big money involved. 
then they turn on Alabama. Alabama yes. is all, is always dirty, and Saban coaches them to be that way. Dirty program, dirty players mm-hmm. have been for years. Where don't was Saban get... at before Bama, if you don't mind me asking? I totally forgot. <laughs> the Miami State, Dolphins, right? it ruined my life. Yeah, fair. So they, then they asked this question, and I, I wondered about this. They says, is it possible that Saban re- – this must have been after the big hit by Dallas Turner uh, mm-hmm. on Jaden Daniels. Is it possible that Saban re- reinstated the bounty program? Mm. How much? How much do y'all think Dallas Turner, the assassin, made? Assassin. Um, Was it spelled right? Yeah, he's got ass, ass, ass in. Yep. Yeah. Assassin. Yep. Okay. So, was there ever a bounty uh, program instituted? You know, it's there? funny because the only the only bounty program I have literally ever heard of was um it did feature geographically speaking one of these two programs and it was the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> so same state, different league. It 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 is. I always say this, and I and I'm like I love I love to argue, as obviously Joy can attest. But like I it, I always say, if we're gonna talk about sports, if we're gonna talk about college football, we're gonna do it in reality. And like the amount of that people post, just in general nowadays, without any just Google takes thirty seconds. It takes thirty seconds. I just did it while you were talking. Do you know they played three games in Mobile? None of them in the 60s. None of them. They're all <laughs> one or tied every single one of them. Like That's because there were no bias drafts in Mobile. It, totally. Especially in the 50s. There was no there was nothing it, there was nothing bad going on in the state of Alabama <laughs> in the 50s. For sure, for sure. It just blows my mind the stuff that people want to make up. And I and like I saw like the whole Dallas Turner is a dirty player. I was so happy that T Bob came out, T Bob A. Barron, and said the thing on his on his podcast today about how like I've never seen a good football player that was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I don't hit this guy too hard. I'm gonna make sure like <laughs> you know, like, like that's just not the game of football. And and the whole thing about because he he knocked out a quarterback. He's a dirty player. You saw a slow motion replay of somebody going a thousand miles an hour against the best quarterback in the country. That's the most elusive quarterback in the country. And we all decided in that moment, it was a dirty hit. I, it got flagged. Maybe it should have been targeting. I wish it would have been called for targeting. I wish it was called for double targeting. If that was the thing, just so they could have lost by 10 instead of 14. Cause it was amazing to watch the mental gymnastics of the fan base afterwards. Cause it, like what, what, were, what was going to happen if it was targeting? There's nothing that would have been said that would have made those fans feel better than at all and it just cracks me up because this this is a program if you want to talk about dirty you embezzled money from a hospital to pay recruits <laughs> will wade is not your co- your coach in basketball anymore why because he was being investigated by the fbi clemson alum <laughs> I, like and i'm not saying this to be a dick because, because listen bama if you want to know numbers, I will tell you how much players in that 2017 recruiting class cost. But like the whole idea, the Dodge Chargers and all, it's like get shut the. Well, here you know here's the here's the question I'll ask. Here's the question I'll ask. It's too much big money. They have too much invest. The SEC has too much invested in it. Who who sat down in a room with a group of people and was like, you know what, Alabama, they're just too likable of a program, and the state <laughs> itself. The state itself is just too uh, valuable in general. We really need to make sure we go out of our way to make make sure Alabama 
is constantly winning and ruining college football because that's what's good for the sport. And what city should we go to? Should we go to Montgomery or Birmingham? No. Mobile. Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And the whole thing, the offices are in Birmingham. And it's like my favorite thing was there was some guy, I think he's like a former punter. He posted something about like Devin White. And Devin White got he got targeting for a targeting call in 2018. It was a horrible, horrible call. He had to miss the first half of the Bama game the following week. I remember it like it was yesterday watching LSU fan be convinced because they're only doing that because the, the, the officers are in Birmingham and they're just trying to make sure Bama wins. LSU was undefeated ranked number three in the country at the time. Okay. It, they got beat 29 to nothing in that game. It is because Devin White was out for a half. Get the out of here. That's the go-to every time Alabama – well, almost every message board in the SEC, I can find a post almost every day about complaining that the SEC offices are in Birmingham, and so Alabama is getting all this favorable right. treatment. Uh, you, every you want to know another fun fact, though, about this? And I'm, I'll, I'll look it up just to make sure I'm right because, like I say, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it in facts. Do you know where – in 2022, Alabama ranked in penalties per game in the SEC, 13th. 2021, 12th. Uh, hold on, let's go 2019, 13th. 2018. All right, well, they were pretty good in 2018, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to deal with partial facts. Yeah. Small well, sample size. You were second. You were, you were in the bottom three in the entire conference in three of those four years. And last year, I think they were like 117th in the country. And it was still, they had 17 penalties for 130 yards against Tennessee. And Tennessee fans actually had the audacity this year to act like that, that game was lost because of the refs. You got outscored 20. Those two fan bases that talk more than anyone in the entire offseason, two point or two games and two losses by four points, both in the final play of the game. And you go this year and you got to, repeat what you did which you haven't done in a decade for either school and you get outscored 48 to 7 combined in the second half sorry joy it's not anything against you and yeah, we even cited that tennessee game we talked about that penalty disparity between last year and this year and the fact that tennessee fans none of them this year mentioned no. that you all had 17 penalties or whatever last year for and tennessee was the most penalized team in the in the sec and ranked 124th in the country last year and they had six for 39 yards shocking right. to me right mm-hmm. MBG, I found one post that I, I thought was kind of amusing where somebody said after that hit, said someone needs to catch that fricker in the parking lot. I thought the yeah. disparity between winning to beat somebody's ass in the parking lot using fricker was <laughs> was hilarious. I love the I love the mentality of that. Like that guy is going to wait in the parking lot. Like it was an argument they got into at a Applebee's and not <laughs> college football star leaving the stadium. Right. I'm sure that would go well. <laughs> uh, right, and so, then, are you still with us? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joy, we'll let you off the hook. We'll move on from this. I was, we'll never, on, I was never on the hook. Yeah, she's not watching it. She's, I mean, what are you watching right now? Uh, the Chargers-Jets game. Who's winning? The Chargers. What a, what a Monday night game that is. I know, right? Can I just like, can I just say like one thing? And I'm no, not no, we're actually in the middle of a conversation. Okay. No, so you can shut the up. For everyone that listens to this podcast and wants to be like, wow, Joy was really quiet. Like she didn't put up an argument. That's because there's not an argument to put up. I never thought LSU was winning that game. I don't like the fact that our fans are blaming the targeting call. We weren't winning that game. 
based right. on our defensive play alone, the targeting call wouldn't have mattered. I understand that you don't like the fact that Jane Daniels got hurt. None mm-hmm. of us like the fact that Jane Daniels got hurt. And if you're a college football fan, you don't like it because he's fun to watch play. No, no, Joy, I will say this. You you said it all week and you made a comment. There's like one tweet in like specifically, and I wish I would have saved it. Um, but it was something that's like this whole idea that that y'all are gonna go into Tuscaloosa just because of what happened last year is crazy. Like it's like you're forgetting about the defense, you're forgetting about this. And I fully understand like the fans wanting to be like jacked up and and like and confident and hyped up going into the season. Fully get that. What what was so surprising to me was just the overwhelming amount of media members and like former player Aaron Murray is one like I love Aaron to death like like he just was banging the drum all I you know like Bama's done they're, they're a three loss team LSU I watched them in spring in their spring game and like I I think they're they're the class of the SEC West and it was like even I think even after like Bama beat Ole Miss I remember him putting out a tweet that was like man this is a crazy season already who who's the best team in the SEC West Texas A and M and I was like. How how have we gone this long watching Saban do what he does and just be convinced that like this is all over? And to a point where like like Joy, like I I said that everything you said about LSU Bama is what I said about Bama, Texas. And it's a long road from like the second week of the season to the end of the season to go undefeated. But like this whole idea that was like, oh, you have all that roster talent. And the reason why it's over is because of stuff that happened a year ago. I just, I, I thought was cr- kind of crazy. So yeah, as much as I give you shit, you're spot on with everything you said. Wow. I appreciate that. Can we just clip that part of the recording? Yeah. And like send that to me later. So when and the part where she said she wanted to marry me too. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. So let's talk a little bit about Michigan. And what I, what I find funny about this situation is in college football, the SEC gets this rap of being this dirty conference with all the yeah. scandals and all the cheating occurs in the SEC, when in reality, I think all of that stuff has been happening in the Big Ten and is probably uh, to a greater extent than in the SEC. And I think it's all coming to a head here um, with our friends at Michigan. So uh, those fans are still trying to process what's happening up there and how this yeah, is going to shake out. Gerald and- Ford, 48, what is happening? <laughs> exactly. And this this post is my favorite. This is this guy had a plan before the Purdue game of how they were going to show their appreciation to Mr. Harbaugh. And you can tell what it's going to be just by the screen by his screen name being Gerald 448. <laughs> he says this so this is what he wanted to do. He said for for Jim's a jolly good fellow cheer. My MGO dad and I were talking and thinking of ways to show support for Jim through all of this. No way that guy's dad is still alive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We live out of state and sadly will not be attending the Purdue game in person. For any of you who are going, how about starting a for Jim's a jolly good fellow chat? Maybe when the team first gets the ball on offense. Seems like it might be a fun way to show support for coach. So my first question is, when was the last time you heard anybody do a for he's a jolly good fellow chant? Have any of you actually heard it before? No. If (laughs) if I did, it would would have been right after somebody was like, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. And like, that's never happened in real life because this isn't a movie from 1922. I don't, yeah. I guarantee you that guy still thinks like, like if you told him there was a war going on, Right down the Middle East, he would assume that they were taking like muskets and like <laughs> and taking like thirty-eight seconds to reload every time they shoot. Like that that guy is behind the times for sure. Forty-eight? That's gotta be his year. 
He couldn't get the old Model T up and running to get to the game. So there's there's nobody that is is less understanding of why Michigan isn't good at football anymore since they started letting black players play than that guy. That guy is going through it. My favorite comment to I think I think it was on this post where somebody just wrote, and this probably is going to be funny only to me, but it just made me cackle. Somebody wrote, "Michigan fans are the kind of corny mother." to start floating when they smell a fresh, freshly baked pie. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, see, I think we can get an old Jimbo down here. We got a light of cigarette for him. That guy, that guy definitely still calls women dames. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, man, I love that post so much. It was as good was as good. when the the guy who wanted them at Texas Tech to just play wooly bully on loop <laughs> instead of rap. See, but here's the thing with Michigan that bothers me so much is that because like I don't like the Big Ten. I, I haven't in years past like the Big Ten. I do respect the Big Ten a lot this year because I think Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, the Big Ten East, I think is better than the SEC West. And mm-hmm. I think it's close, but I think it I think they are better this year just from like just at, at the top, right? The Big Ten has always been the big three, always. It is yeah. it is Ohio State, Michigan, and it's some revolving door of either Penn State or Michigan State or Wisconsin. And the fact that Michigan has cheated, they have blatantly cheated. Everyone knows it. And the reaction is, oh, everyone does it. How are you the dumbest motherfucker that got caught then? Because <laughs> you're Michigan, you're the, you're the public Ivy League school, like, it, like the premier school in the country – you get caught, and you got caught because you were trying to beat Purdue and Northwestern, and like what? And, and now, now it's come out that they've actually cheated, and they're just like, "This is gonna, this is gonna bring us together." Yeah, like usually espionage does. Like you gotta get some to word about it. So of course, of course, it's brought you together. Well, the other posts that I like, I'm not gonna read them, but there were several of them that say, well, let's just leave the big 10. Then if they're going to punish us for cheating and they're not going to treat us fairly, then yeah. let's just go to the sec. As well, though... I mean, we, we do cheat in the sec. We just do it better. So <laughs> I just, so they're, they're going to get treated any differently. Right. Uh, you're just going to end up being, you're going to cheat and go seven and five. <laughs> Mississippi State. Enjoy it. I was like, sorry, sorry, Casey. <laughs> or uh, the other thing is they're they're not even really denying it, but they're saying, well, Ryan Day is at fault for hiring some PI firm to come and investigate us. So it's the craziest thing. It's like going in to fight a speeding ticket and say, well, I saw this guy make an illegal U-turn. Right. So I shouldn't get a speeding ticket. I don't. I no, do not understand. I, I I posted this video the other day, and I thought it was perfect because first off, the, the Ryan Day thing got debunked. It's not even a real thing. And again, you cheated. You got caught cheating. Like if I cheated on someone, and I was like, "You should have seen what she was wearing." What she said to me, though, like <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Like what? That's not. It's just so weird. It's just so weird. But they that whole thing. Where like there's like an episode of Cops from like years ago, and this woman is trying to buy crack cocaine, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, she's like, she owes me twenty dollars. I gave her twenty dollars, and she owes it to me. And they cut <laughs> to this lady who's clearly been smoking crack because of her lips, and she was like, I don't, I don't sell drugs. I'm a prostitute. That is <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, watching watching them twist has been fun. Yeah, for sure. All right, last one. We had to do this for Casey, 
Uh, his Clemson Tigers got a huge win. And your Which man is also Dad, BS because I asked for an AM post and got denied. But anyways. I love that yeah. Joy hates AM more than more than Jimbo hates AM. It's so happy. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Casey's on a big win, and I wanted to give him an opportunity. We haven't had a chance to talk about our friend Tyler from Spartanburg either. Tyler on this. So there's this post, Clemson post. And this guy, Big Bad John, says Dabo is in denial. He owes everything to Tyler, even Maffa. The player of this weekend's game with Notre Dame said Tyler lit a spark with him, at least. So how can Dabo say that Tyler had nothing to do with the outcome of this game? He's just in denial that some 29-year-old fan punked him out on live radio and won't admit it, and that Tyler can motivate this team just as much as Dabo. I hope Tyler calls in again, to be honest, and re-motivates the team if we somehow start playing bad again. Go, Tyler. I, I don't know. My, my favorite part still out of all this is when Dabo went on this five-minute rant about, listen up, Tyler, and, <laughs> and for the first minute and a half didn't make that many bad points, but then got, like, super defensive and super weird about it. Then they won. It was a big win. It was a big win. It was funny. To, I, I love the, the whole ironic part that, that Dabo, who is just every like vacation Bible school leader you never wanted to spend time with, <laughs> he had to get this win by beating a Christian – based university that part was awesome because you know deep down he's like oh, i hate doing this to you lord like Debo, it's, it, you're this this headset's not connected to heaven stop but like afterwards when they beat notre dame he says and i quote if you're buying stock in clemson if you're buying stock you better buy stock in clemson you're five and four like that stock is going what did they always say like to the moon you, clemson man just to the clouds like what are we talking about right now just let us have it we're five and four <laughs> buying I mean, a lot of stock in that i'll be honest I, this is i'm broke now i've liked dabo going off on this kid i in oh. case, the, the best theory i've seen is that, uh, i saw some people saying that that they thought tyler was a plant to try yeah. to make look good so you think there's any truth to that you think he got planted in the coaches show I'm not smart enough to know if he was planted or not, but what I do know is that I was on full-fledged Team Dabo. I have a meme that says zero days since Dabo said something stupid that I put out all way too often, really. Yeah. This time, I truly was honest. Once he started equating him to Tommy Bowden, I was like, this isn't going to end well. And yeah, because Tommy would have gone five and four. He probably would have at least gone six and three. You know? <laughs> yeah, would have gone eight and three. We would have gone to the Peach Bowl for the 16th straight for year. 16 year row. Y'all in, in Virginia from 95 to like 2010, y'all just fucking yep. changed. Time <laughs> you guys had. That was my that was my years at Clemson. I went to three straight. Mississippi State, years? LSU, and Auburn. I, it was close, Chris. It was close. I mean, I will say this. I don't think Dabo was wrong, like I said entirely for what for what he was talking about but if this was a situation where there was a plant to make Dabo look good and this was still the end result of it that's the story that i want because if it was like all right listen, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna lay this up for you lay this up for you there Dabo, and he's like okay okay i'll make it even worse i'll make it even worse somehow against all odds i will <laughs> this up even more <laughs> you would think at a school like that now, granted, they've won two titles in the last seven years, right? It's my school. It's given me ultimate joy. This man has literally given me more joy than I don't know what else. And maybe, that he would have a PR person. That's a good. 
like somebody that says, you know what, maybe don't say, because the, obviously the players go out there and they, when they're interviewed, they say the right things all the time, right? Yeah. But right. now you don't hold yourself to that standard too. I mean, you got to you think he would have to get beat coached because he said some stupid stuff. He, he's tenure. the only person that would ever watch the righteous gemstones and be on the side of the gemstones. Like he, he is, he, I don't, what are they so mad about? Like he's doing a perfect, like he's the only person I know that when Joel Olstein was like, we don't have water or room for you during this flood. He was like, good, good. They should have made it themselves. And if you want water, go to the store, brother. Wrapped on down there. I like the idea of this being a recurring bit though, that every time that Tyler calls in, every time Clemson needs to be motivated. Yeah. Right? I'm sure that's how it works. He'll be calling in week one. Only play Georgia week one next year. Tyler's going to be calling in sometime middle of August. He's going to be calling in. <laughs> People were pissed on Twitter tonight, Clemson Twitter, because they had to pre-tape the call-in show because basketball started tonight. So they were like just stock questions, and they were hoping that Tyler would call in again, but he did this, not. This was my other thing. I didn't realize that coaches' call-in shows were still a thing. Is that? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, the only town smaller than Starkville is Clemson. <laughs> I yeah, also true. It's like doesn't oh, doesn't I mean, Saban do a call-in show? So on Thursdays he does a thing called Hey Coach. It's like an hour long, but it's like and they they take calls, but it's mainly Saban just saying something. So I my co-host Tyler Huck brought this up, and for everyone that doesn't know Tyler, it's the one that Casey um, went out of his way to compliment and say he liked more than me earlier when we started the show. <laughs> Um, but don't roll your eyes, Joy. Tyler brought this up because he was a he's a big Florida State guy and, and Jimbo was there and he was like, dude, most of these Colin shows are staged. Like yeah. most of them they, they try to throw up softball questions. So the fact that that Tyler in Spartanburg's question, because I, I don't think it was staged, the fact that it even got through, because if you listen to the full clip, it was like 10 minutes long. It was like Casey trying to ask an opening question during this interview. Like it, it lasted forever. Yeah, who's screening that thing? That had to be fine. Like between that guy and the one that whoever came up with the idea to tell Nick Saban to go on live television on Fox, a channel that doesn't show SEC games and has no vested interest in Alabama making the playoffs, which they should not have made in the first place, and go beg for a spot in the playoffs. That guy and, and the guy who screened the Tyler, I don't want to say that I don't want to celebrate anyone being fired ever, but both of them should have been fired on the spot. Yeah, yeah that's your, the coaches' shows are curated questions for the most part, right? I mean, I yeah. think they they log them, they pick which ones they're going to play, and then team up to give them softballs. So yeah. yeah, that's why the Tyler thing I think went a little viral because it was so different from anything we get to see anymore. Right. There's a cute little 80 year old woman that calls from Gaffney, and I forget her name at the time, but like Dabo answers her question every week, and it's something so that an 80 year old woman that would ant would ask, right? Yeah. Like, when are you going to get those boys to be playing better football? And he'll, <laughs> You know, it's like those, but it, but she became kind of a, a Clemson legend, obviously, because I forgot her name. But Geraldine it, Ford, forty-eight. That's the right. rumor is that the rumor. Did, <laughs> I just snorted. The rumor is that uh, the play-by-play guy who hosts the call-in show is also doing the screening. I don't no, know. If that's that's true. Yeah, but not for this one though, right? Yeah. Unless I, unless it was a plant, Casey. You might have a conspiracy here. Whatever it was, it was genius. I'll have Ryan yeah. Day's brother try to get to the bottom of this and figure out who that guy was. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of cutting it short, I got to pee, so I'm going to go. That's a good call. That's all I got anyways.
Okay. Well, before um, you I pee, Chris, tell us where we can find you. I know you're on here twice, but that's yeah, my job. Strictly to who's an MBG. I had a great time seeing you both again. Sure, you'll find it in some parts. Casey, you're dressed like a you look ridiculous, but it's always good to see that smile. Like an animatronic, just just constantly smiling. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, you would want me at we your stand-up shows. I was at Chuck E. Cheese right now. So. That's a guy I swear is about to say the Chuck E. Cheese band. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. <laughs> uh, no, Chris Marler, um, Saturday Down South, and then Saturday Football Uncensored is a podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Vern Fundquist. And, um, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You guys are great. I'm, I'm happy that you guys are having so much success with it year one. Despite all my sarcastic comments, I do like all of you here, and I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for coming appreciate on. It, Thanks, it. Marler. You're the man. I'm I'm the dance. I gotta go. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.